Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. Positive energy. We thrive in it. We need it. And sometimes we have to fight for it. It can seem counterintuitive, diving into the most negative of spaces just to get to a positive one. It's exactly what we were built for, though. We can't appreciate the good without the bad, the happy without the sad. But sometimes, despite our best efforts, that negative energy manifests itself before we get a chance to recognize it. And before we know it, we're surrounded by it, paralyzed by it. Tonight, we've got a few stories that paint this all-too-real picture very well. So, let's get started, shall we? I grew up in the country country. We had lots of strange, bizarre things happen to us during that time. Aliens, paranormal, etc. I lived in a house surrounded by fields and forests no cable or internet, not that those were really a big thing back then anyway. So I spent most of my time outdoors. This happened when I was in my early teens. My best friend and I were driving to go bring some food to my dad and his friend, who were working late at night on some scrap metal down the way from us. To get to where they were, there were two ways to go. One was the normal paved road, and the second was a long old dirt road, that people didn't really go down. The dirt road was surrounded by trees on both sides, had some sketchy, older abandoned houses on either side, and a very old cemetery at the end. After we brought the food to them, we decided to take the old dirt road back as a joke. We used to walk that road every now and then during the day, even though it creeped us out. But we tried to stay away from it at night, We were both laughing about how the other one was too scared to go down it. She was driving, and we were both laughing, listening to music, when we made the turn onto the road. It was a right-hand turn, so in order to make the full turn, she had to sweep her headlights across the cemetery. I remember looking at the graves, and that's when I saw her. It was an all-white figure in the shape of a female with a long dress and long hair. She was standing between the cemetery and the forest. I stared at her for what I felt was five to ten seconds before she vanished, and then I continued to stare at that spot for a good ten seconds longer. Once I kind of came out of it, I realized that the car was stopped. I have no idea for how long. My friend and I were both very quiet, and we both kind of looked at each other, like... What the hell? Neither one of us really said anything for a while, but I finally asked her if she had seen something, and she said she did. Not wanting to say what I saw first, I asked her what she saw, and she described the figure exactly as I had above. Interestingly, none of us were afraid. 
I remember when I saw her, everything kind of went into slow motion. Even when there was music going on in the car, it was quiet. And I definitely don't remember the car slowing down and stopping. I remember being in awe and thinking she radiated beauty. And she still crosses my mind to this day. I've been back there many times during the night and day. And I haven't seen anything like it since. Anyways, thanks for reading if you're still with me. It's nice to be able to share these stories in a serious way without people looking at you like you've lost your mind. My encounter with a negative spirit. So, I'm a practicing witch. I have been for several years. And one of my first spells was one of the ones that I could never forget. I was trying to do a love spell, which includes bringing your energy out to get that loving energy attracted towards you. However, I was in a really dark place at the time, with depression. So I believe that what I sent out was negative energy, and I think I got it back. That night after I did the spell, something felt different in my room. It felt heavier in the air. I was on my computer in bed and all of a sudden I felt burning going up my arm. When I looked, it was a fresh scratch, but I checked everywhere on my bed on how it could have happened even though my arm was perfectly still in front of me. None of my animals were in the room or had gone near me that day. I couldn't find anything sharp around that could have done it, so I was freaked out. Later that night, my dog and cat came into the room and sat on the end of my bed. And then all of a sudden, they were staring at my doorway, growling and hissing, which they never do. So I was a bit confused, and then they both ran out of the room. They weren't fighting or anything, it was like something scared them off. I was weirded out. When I fell asleep, I had a horrible nightmare of dead bodies in a room with a scary-looking plague doctor standing in the middle of them, and I could hear whispers around me going on about a murderous plague doctor, which I guessed was the one I was seeing. I could also smell rotting flesh and, weirdly, lavender. When I woke up, there were loads of flies all over me, which has never happened before. I screamed and flicked them all away. I was trying to smell my room and my house to see if anything was rotting, and that's why I had flies all over me and why I could smell rotting flesh in my dreams. But I couldn't smell anything. I even had a shower to make sure it wasn't me. The heaviness in my room was still strong, almost like something was watching me. I was freaked out and my animals were still acting up, staring at my door, hissing and barking, and I just felt drained. And for several nights, I had the same nightmare and woke up with flies all over me. I checked and checked again to see if anything was causing the flies to appear, and I washed myself more and more, but I couldn't find anything, and they kept coming back. This happened for five days in a row. 
I had enough at this point, and I was convinced it was some sort of negative spirit. That day, I cleansed my room and my house the best that I could with my practice and did everything the best I could. When I was starting the cleansing, more scratches ended up on my leg. I felt like it definitely didn't want to go. When I completed my ritual and cleansing for banishing, everything felt calmer and lighter. My animals stopped acting strange. No more scratches, no more flies, no more of the feeling that I was being watched, and definitely no more nightmares. I didn't feel drained. I was curious about plague doctors after that, and found out that they used flowers, such as lavender, in their beaks to mask the smell of the plague, and my jaw dropped. Only some of my close family and my boyfriend knows about this, as it's very personal and very real to me, but I thought I'd share it now, after all this time. I just wanted to share some of my experiences that happened at one of my old jobs. This happened to be a dialysis clinic where I was a nurse. If you don't know what a dialysis clinic is, it's where people with kidney failure go for their treatments three times a week. I typically worked from 4.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. I would usually take my first break around 6 a.m. No one else would be in that part of our unit until 7.30 I would take a nap in the storage room where we had our old dialysis chair. From that spot, a lot of the staff would experience nightmares or sleep paralysis. For me, I often would feel ice-cold chills next to me, despite being wrapped in blankets. I've heard whispering when no one else was around. One time I woke up from a nap to find that my shoes had been kicked off and stuffed with paper towels. On the treatment floor, we would notice that from particular stations, some equipment, such as blood pressure cuffs, would start swinging at random times. We also had times where, before the patients arrived, the call lights would be activated. Our call lights had a physical button that had to be pressed down with some force. So the call lights would be activated to an empty station... We would turn it off, and another call light would be activated on the opposite corner of the room. The craziest thing that happened to me was when I was closing up the clinic by myself. I had stayed a little bit late to catch up on some paperwork, and all of the other staff and patients had left the building already. At times, the clinic went dead silent. All the ambient noise from buzzing lights to the noise from outside went out as if a mute button had been pressed. I didn't think much of it since I wanted to get my work done and go home. Afterwards, I headed toward the back of the unit, near the storage room where we would take our naps to turn off our water system for the night. As I was heading out, I instinctively kept looking back over my shoulder. I picked up my pace because it felt like something was chasing me out. As I reached the end of the hallway... I felt a whoosh of energy go through me, and the banners along the sides of the wall started shaking. At that point, 
I left the clinic without clocking out and got into my car as fast as possible. I figure that there's a lot of spiritual energy in places like these, since the patients spend so much time here. They often are feeling negative emotions while dealing with their illness before eventually passing. That's about it for this story. I appreciate anyone who takes the time reading it. This happened in 2008, when I was nine years old. I lived in a townhome community where each road had two sides of homes. In between the backs of the houses, there was a backyard with alleyways that went in between each building section. I lived on the edge of one of these, and my townhome was on one of the alleyways. I lived on one street, and across the back road on the opposite side lived an elderly woman whose name I don't even know. I'm not sure what her situation was, but for whatever reason, she never liked me specifically. She was creepy, and she spray-painted all of her windows so that nobody could see inside her house. However, that never stopped her from sometimes staring out her window directly at mine and keeping it open at night to shine a red strobe light into my room across the way. She used to yell how she hated us. I was in the fourth grade, and on a particular January morning, I had unfortunately missed the bus. My dad sent me outside to get in the car so that he could drive me, and he said he'd follow me out soon after. As I was walking to my dad's car, the woman came out of the alleyway next to my house. Slowly, with a gigantic kitchen knife behind her back. She raised it and started running after me. I was faster than her, so I was able to avoid her, and I was able to get inside the house. She walked and stood on the neighbor's porch across the way and stared at my house. I was terrified. My dad ran out and yelled at her, and she said that she wanted to get rid of us stupid kids. My parents called the police, but the police sent her home and had an ambulance pick her up later. My parents went to some kind of court meeting about it, but I don't really know the details. I didn't see her again after that, until one year later. I don't remember the day, but it had snowed that morning, so I was going to run out the front door and play in the snow. I opened the door to see her standing on the porch but looking out toward the road. I panicked, closed, and locked the door. I ran up to my parents' room and told them what happened. We saw her walk off the porch and up the street. I never saw her again after that. My family has since moved far away from there, but people I know say that she still lives there, and her windows are still the same spray-painted windows though it doesn't affect me as much as it used to. I still don't like being around knives. I used to clean offices back when I was a student going to university. It was a great job for students because 
They didn't care when you showed up as long as you got the job done, between the closed hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. This one law office I cleaned every Thursday was pretty cool by design, but always spooked me out. The building was about six stories high, and the law firm being on the top had a beautiful view. It was a heritage building located in what was the city's original town square. I was told that it was where the town hangings had once occurred, and that the particular building I worked in was at one time a brothel. So, lots of history, and that alone made me want to get the job done as early as possible. The whole sixth floor would take me about an hour to clean. I usually managed to be out of there by eight or nine at the latest, usually taking a beautiful sunset, too. This night, I stayed late at school and arrived at the job well after dark, close to midnight. The layout of this law firm was a circle. You take the elevator up with your cart, and the doors open to the reception and waiting area. To the right were the washrooms, and then individual law offices circled around the floor, with a large boardroom in the middle, and a staff break room at the opposite end. A strange feeling usually hit me as soon as the elevator doors opened. This weird feeling of someone there, but the stillness of the vacant space kept reassuring you that that was crazy talk. The later in the evening it was, the stronger the feeling. I was not looking forward to this next hour. On this night, the doors opened, and I could hear people talking and laughing. It sounded like ladies were working late and chatting it up in the break room. I remember smiling with relief because I was feeling pretty scared to be there alone so late. I walked around the right side calling out hello to let them know I was there and not surprise them. As I rounded the corner to the break room, the talking sounds just stopped and absolutely no one was there. I stood there frozen for a moment and I thought maybe they were in the offices on the left. So I kept going, calling out hello and announcing my presence. No one was in the building at all, but the chatter I had just heard was clear as day. As I came full circle back to the elevator, I kid you not, the elevator doors opened by themselves. I was so frightened, so I pushed the cart back onto the elevator and headed home. Nope, nope, nope. at a haunted house and it turns out it's actually haunted I work at a haunted house in Utah I'm a makeup artist and it's called Haunted Hollow I've worked there for 7 years now Haunted Hollow is all outdoors in a forest that runs along a river the costume and makeup room is indoors upstairs in one of the only buildings on the property I was upstairs in the makeup room cleaning up after getting all the cast ready and sending them out. I was alone in this room, and I suddenly felt my butt cheek burn. Like burn. It was a whole 30 degrees, so the sudden burning had me kind of freaked out. 
I had not touched anything because I was standing in the middle of the room. A few moments had gone by, and my girlfriend came into the room, and I asked her to look at it, thinking I'd been bitten by a spider or something. My girlfriend said that I had a burn on my butt cheek, running down the back of my leg. It even had welts. That same night, my little sister, who's an actor at the haunt, came home with three scratches on her arm, and they stayed on her arm for a week before fading. I live in a small, small town. You blink and you miss it. The best we can boast about is a single stop sign and a gas station, which we only have because of the nearby highway. Any actual semblance of a town is 25 minutes away. So when things get scary out here, it's amplified. The occasional homeless person is no big deal. They're often drifting through. Drug addicts run rampant and will steal everything they can from your house, but it's the normal out here. However, what happened a few years ago certainly wasn't normal. Originally, I was dead asleep in my bed. I only woke up because it was burning hot in my room, but it was summertime and not much I could do. I just remember tossing and turning until I got a creepy feeling that fell into the pit of my stomach. I glanced over to the bathroom door that was open with the light on. Everything was normal. I left the light on so I wouldn't trip and die if I had to pee in the middle of the night. Next, I glanced at the window directly across from my bed. I had no curtains, but I had a shitty set of blinds. Part of the blinds were broken from wear and tear, and the crappy AC unit beneath it would make them move back and forth, so you'd get a glimpse outside every so often. The yard light was still going, but what made me stop was the outline at my window. The figure of someone was directly at my window, almost like it was waiting for the blinds to move, to watch me. I didn't have an imagination as a child. That had been trained out of me, but the sight was enough to pour every horror film into my head at that moment. I squeezed my eyes shut, and I pulled the blankets over my head and slept in a cloth oven that night. By morning time, the figure was gone, I remember running to my mom's room on the verge of tears in the morning, telling her what had happened. She laughed at me like I was an idiot, and told me that it was probably just a stray cat that had climbed up there, for one odd reason or another. I almost believed her since my window was pretty high off the ground, but something didn't sit right. Later that day when we were doing yard work, I glanced over at my window and saw one of our metal patio chairs had been pushed up to it. I pointed it out to my mom, who proceeded to chew me out. That's how the cat probably got up there, moron. Stop leaving furniture everywhere. But I hadn't moved it. It was heavy enough that I struggled with it. So we moved it back, and so began a pattern. At night, I'd see the figure, complain to my mom and we'd find a chair moved back every single morning. 
This went on for weeks. My mother stopped caring about my concerns. Until one morning, we saw where the outside screen of my window had been sliced open. I still remember her shaking her head and complaining about those damn stray cats that we still had yet to see. I could tell that she was unnerved by that development, though. I couldn't handle it anymore, and I opted to sleep in our living room that night. The only problem was our kitchen and living room were connected, which meant there were always several windows. The first night of my move went well, despite my back hurting from the couch. I avoided my room like the plague. It wasn't until about four days later we ran into an issue. I woke up and glanced at the clock above the fireplace. It read a little past 3 a.m. I couldn't understand why I'd woken up until it happened again. There was a beam of light shining in from the kitchen window, almost like someone was shining with a flashlight. I saw it trace along the walls and land on the love seat across from the couch I was on. I was horrified. When I told my mom, she continued to laugh at me. I gave in and decided I would sleep in my dad's room, even though it had a gigantic window. He slept in the recliner with a huge TV, so I felt more safe having someone around. The yard light was directly outside the window. It seemed foolproof. That was until I woke up out of habitual fear and watched through the window across from the bed. Everything seemed normal as time wore on, and I felt like a moron. Maybe my mom was right. That was until I saw a lone figure come out of the woods by the backyard shed, walk directly under the light, and head to the patio furniture, like he'd been there plenty of times before. I still remember the large build of the man and the confidence like he was the one who lived here and wasn't creeping around my yard in the dead of night. I just remember listening to the TV until I fell asleep again, hoping to get another glimpse. My dad would have been pissed if I woken him up. He was grumpy on a good day and terrifying on a bad day. I didn't feel like risking it unless I had solid proof, because I was scared. The next morning, my mom chewed me out again for the patio furniture, which was routine almost a month later. But this time, something new happened. She demanded I stop playing in the toolboxes of the garage. A bunch of tools had been taken out and left on our doorstep. Screwdrivers, a large hammer, flashlights, etc. It wasn't me. I begged with my mom and pleaded with her, just stay up with me, one night. We couldn't close our garage because it was an open carport, and I wasn't going to get my ass beaten for touching tools because of someone else. It was driving me mad. Finally, she agreed. That night, we would stay awake in the living room. I finally fell asleep before my mom did, but I remember her waking me up in a panic. She pointed to the window that overlooked the garage. We could see the top of someone's head as they walked back and forth. 
There was the sound of someone placing metal tools down on brick steps. As if they were trying to be quiet, but couldn't fully muffle it. She whispered for me to go wake my dad. My dad was angry, having been woken up in the middle of the night by his frantic daughter. He grabbed his pistol and headed out from the back door, towards the front of the house where the garage was located. We heard my dad screaming and someone dropping tools, then the shot of a gun, twice. The frantic footsteps pounding out of the garage felt like they were coming from my chest. My mom peeked out the window and then opened the door. My dad stumbled in. He had missed both shots because of his unstable aim, but he told us that there was a man crouching at our front door, looking at our door handle. None of us slept that night, and in the morning, the law from the closest town arrived. They didn't do much besides ask if anything had been stolen for a description of the man, and then told us to install cameras. That was it. They said the guy was probably just looking for something easy to steal, for quick money. If that had been the case, why hadn't he stolen the tools? The generator, the welder, or broken into any of the vehicles just sitting in the garage? We finally set up hunting trail cameras around the house, but nothing's happened since. Coming home from college for the holidays, I still have nightmares about the incident years later when I sleep in my own bed. I don't know what he was looking for or why he did the things he did. Whatever the case may be, man at the window, let's not meet. When I was 10 or so, I was visiting a small town in Montana called Whitefish. There wasn't much to do at the time, so my mom tasked me with locating a bookstore so I could do something to occupy myself. I googled and found a Borders in the neighboring town of Kalsbell. I decided to call the number listed just to make sure that they were open. A man answered the phone and confirmed the location. He then gave me basic directions on how to get there. It was located next to a large strip mall with a Target and stuff. When my mom and I arrived, there was no borders. It was completely closed, empty, and shut down. In fact, there were signs on the window of the store that it was going to become. When I called the number back, there was an error tone, and a robotic voice said that the number was disconnected. I'll never forget that. I don't know what the heck happened, or if it was a ghost or what. Maybe it was just someone with an old boarder's phone number playing a prank, but it will always make my skin crawl. This was 2002. I was 13 at the time, and several members of my family were staying at the Four Seasons in Santa Barbara for a family reunion. Beautiful hotel. Most in the area are, but I was extra excited this year because normally we stay at the Super 8. Very different vibe. 
My little cousins were staying at the hotel, and me being the oldest cousin, I was in charge of keeping them entertained for a good part of the day. No complaints here. Between the pools, entertainment rooms, and just about everything else, I was exploring like a little kid, too. At one point, my aunt came down to the pool and asked to relieve me of my duties, so I decided that I'd head back to my parents' room, order some room service, and take a nap. On my way back to the room, I couldn't help but notice that it was so quiet in the hotel. The large open lobby was empty, and I've never seen it that way, and the lighting seemed dimmer, hazier, if that's a word. It seemed like there was a layer of haze. It didn't feel like steam or smoke, though. I felt nothing, just an observable haze. I found myself walking around the lobby, peering at the front desk every once in a while, noting for the first time since we'd been there that nobody was present. I then paused in place. I swear I could hear something. Something fun was happening somewhere far away. I saw a staircase off to the side, leading downstairs. As far as I knew, all the rooms and activities were upstairs, and none of them were like a party room. So I couldn't help but wonder what was down there. Without much thought, I just started walking in the direction that I heard the sound. As I got closer, I could hear the sounds of a party, celebration of sorts. Glasses clinking, laughter mixed with the hum of talking voices. Music was being played, and it sounded like a big band style music, or something old. So I kept following, only slightly wary of ascending down into the unknown. As I kept walking, I realized something. The music, the sounds, they weren't actually getting louder or quieter. As I ventured down the stairs, it just stayed the same volume, maintained the sound of a party behind some large closed doors or something. I reached the bottom of the stairs and looked for a light switch. The switch was one of those that had a slit in it. It looked like a switch except for the actual switch. Basically, you needed a key or something to turn the lights on. I could still hear the party, but I wondered what anyone could be doing down here in the dark. It wasn't pitch black where I was standing, but I wasn't willing to walk into the darkness alone. Besides, it was clear that there wasn't an actual party in there. Before heading back to the stairs, I stood and just listened. A distant party. Oh well. I started back up the stairs, and before reaching the top, I was greeted, or startled rather, by a man in business attire. He looked just as surprised to see me there. He asked me if I was turned around and if he could help. Without hesitating, I asked him what that sound was. We were silent. But this time, no music, no party. He looked at me, I looked at him, and I said, I swear I heard music and like, a party? Before I could even finish my thought, he did. Yes, exactly, I said. No parties down here, not for a long time anyway. This used to be the ballroom. Now it's just home to my dusty office. Sorry, 
not that exciting. Okay. I smiled and eased past the guy to continue walking up the stairs. The lobby was filled with people. Multiple employees at the front desk, people standing in line, kids running, and parents telling them to stop. I even could notice the lighting difference. It was brighter, like it usually was. I wasn't exactly sure what the flip had just happened. It was weird, for sure, but I wasn't exactly scared by it. However, when I got back to my parents' room, they seemed upset, asking me where I had been. I was confused and told them that I was just getting back from the pool, that my Aunt Erin had excused me. But what my mom said next gave me chills. Major, major chills. Yeah, that was over an hour ago. I had a heck of a time trying to explain my experience to my parents. Naturally, they didn't buy it and told me that I shouldn't be wandering around the hotel alone and I shouldn't be talking with strange men in the hallways. They didn't get it. But that's okay, I suppose, because neither did I. I was scared by the time loss, but I leveled with myself that since I didn't walk away from the experience injured or terrified, maybe I'd just experienced something really cool, like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Well, friends, we've reached the end of tonight's episode, but be sure to join me every Friday night for a brand new one. Thank you to everyone for sharing their stories, and thank you to everyone for listening. Your support means everything, so thank you. And for those of you who aren't subscribed, remember, if you love The Darkest Hour and you never want it to end, be sure to hit that subscribe button, tap the notification bell, and tell all your friends. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me, Amanda, darkest hour at gmail.com. Also, check out our subreddit and follow The Darkest Hour on Instagram at The Darkest Hour YT. Stay spooky. <laughs>